Hey everybody and welcome to another Torn Up interview and as always I am so appreciative of the valuable time taken out by the artist here to speak with us here on the show. Now this person I'm going to introduce to you, um, I heard one of his tracks back a few weeks ago called Thank You and Usually, I thought, I'm going to have a listen to this. It's probably one of these uplifting songs. It'll be a nice song, so I'm going to have a listen to it anyway. And then I get a listen to it, and it's just... Uh, well, it's... If you haven't... You might have heard the song on the show before. You, you, I can tell you here now, you're going to hear it again. But it's, an, it's just a nasty piece of rock and roll, baby. And it's it's written so well. And I think probably a lot of people identify with the lyrics. But I'm not going to focus on one song. I am going to introduce you to another Canadian rocker, the one and only Ralph Selbach. How are you, Ralph? And welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Jerry. It really means a great lot to me. Appreciate it immensely. Uh, listen, I just want to let you know I've been checking you out on YouTube. The St. Mary's Tower Crouch Egg Festival, the videos that you put up, thank you so much for doing so, my friend. And I don't I don't know, you put up maybe four, maybe five, watched every one of them. I don't know how you do it, the sound is great on them. And then you introduced me too, I was watching another, Johnny Gallagher and the Boston Band. What the hell? Unbelievable. And then the 219 Blues Band. I saw them on one of your podcasts too, or one of your shows on YouTube. Incredible. And then, of course, man, everybody all around the world knows about Dom Martin. I tell you, I started following this guy, Dom Martin, I'm guessing maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit more than a year ago, Jerry. He has taken off unbelievably so. I mean, deservedly so also. What an amazing person. I tell you, that, that, that guy knows how to play guitar. Well, I mean, you know, that, that makes me so proud because it means that there are many people like yourself that are watching and listening in and, and, and that's why I do this. I, I do it to to spread the word on the incredible artists out there. I mean, I'm just a conduit, but I, I have a job to do as I see it. And that's, you know, supporting independent artists, supporting people that have a dream. Because I had a dream and I'm doing it at the minute. I'm presenting a radio show that's listened to around the world. So that that's incredible for me. But the plus for me is doing this interview with you or chatting to Dom or chatting to Johnny Gatter or whoever. Because without music, the world would be a very grey, dull place. And it uplifts our souls. It raises our spirits. And it's very, very, very important to help the independent artist that has such belief and passion in this. And mind you, they don't do it for the money. They do it because they love it, but they deserve to, they deserve to be raised up to a higher level so as they don't have any of those financial things to think about and can actually do something they love. And if I can help anyone do that, wow, that's, that's all I ever want to do, man. Jerry, we thank you. I, I, can't, I can speak only for myself, but... I think I am speaking for every independent artist out there. Thank you so much for all you're doing for all of us, my friend. Oh, listen, it's 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 a pleasure. But listen, but listen, let's get back to why we're doing this. I want the world to know more about Ralph Selbach. So tell me, how did you become involved in music? Was there music in the family? Tell the story of how Ralph began to become involved in this wonderful musical journey he's on now. Well, in Montreal, I'm in Toronto now. Uh, and then I'll tell you something. One day I'm sitting on my bedroom 
floor with my back against the bed, um, just drawing or something like that. Mom comes into the room and she's got, remember the big Grundig radios with the eight, with the D-cell batteries or 12 years? I do, I do, I do. So she comes in, Ralphie, Ralphie, you have to listen to this. And I'm like, what is it, Mom? She played, she was playing a song for me and at that moment, Jerry, that very second, I knew music, that, that, that was it for me. And the song was... Janice Joplin's version of me and Bobby McGee. Wow. When she started with that, that like, wait, that's, you, like, wow, that's really something else. And that, right from that moment, I was hooked. And yeah. That, that weekend, they bought me my first acoustic guitar. <laughs> so, so what? How how old were you at that stage, Ralph? Something yeah. like that, around that age. And then I remember in high school at the time out here in Canada, or I guess in North America, uh, the number one song in 1973 was uh, Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree by Tony Orlando. Do you remember I do, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, in 1973, uh, Ralphie was listening to Lou Reed's Berlin album. Yeah. Which is rather dark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. you you've just you've just actually went up ten thousand steps away because the them three guys are unreal. Really, they were geniuses. Yeah, unbelievably so. Yeah, so that was my introduction to music, and then uh, years later, I, I a friend of mine, we were living in Ottawa, another town, our nation's capital, and we used to jam. Uh, he'd get out the guitar, and I'd just start singing, or he'd start playing, and I'd start singing, vice versa. And Jerry, we had a small tape deck. No headphones, uh, sorry, no microphone. So we took the headphones, busted them, and put them into the mic jack, and they recorded. If we hadn't been recording, I guess we would maybe 20 songs, just one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And then um, Alan McClellan, the friend that was playing guitar, um, left. I don't, I, I really don't know. I hope he's still doing well, but I've been trying to reach out and, and no news. I don't think it's going to be the best of news. But uh, then I started listening to these tracks decades later and realized, well, you know what? One or two of these could be redone. And that's how I started off getting into the business again. Wow. That, that, it, to me, like, as you're talking there, I can hear the passion in your voice. I can hear the love with him. The, you, you, you took headphones and you busted up the headphones to change them into mics. First of all, that shows a never say day attitude and a level of ingenuity as well to get around the problem. But it shows how much passion you have for what you do. And you're exactly the kind of person I want to talk to because people that have passion for anything they deserve to succeed and they will succeed. Well, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that greatly, my friend. The place we stayed in Paris smelled of stale perfume. Didn't let us bother us much. We hardly ever left that room. New York City strippers all in rage after you blew everyone away during amateur night on stage. Memories that only we can share Now I'm worried that you might not care Do anything to make you stay How could you, why would you Give it all away Give it all away 
Kermit Logan. Still not quite sure how you talk yourself that one. And that crazy night we spent in Toronto. Finally admit that you loved it all, even though you didn't want to. Memories that only we can share. Now I'm frightened that you might not care. I'd do anything to make you stay. How could you? Why would you? Give it all away. A lifetime twice a day I think about you baby Most passionate way Do anything To make you stay Why would you How could you So, so, so your influences, and funny enough, I can hear a lot of them influences there. Did you start early days then as a solo act, or did you join a band, or what happened in the early days? Uh, no, it was like I say, Alan, decades ago, and then what happened is I decided, wow, well, I came across these songs, and I wanted to do six of them. So I flew down to, I just outside of Boston, to Small Pond Studios, and I took a really close friend of mine who unfortunately just passed away, Henry Gluck, and his son Conrad. And we went down, and there's a band, my cousin is a band called 61 Ghosts. He and his girlfriend, or life partner, I guess you would call it now, Dixie Deadwood. My cousin's Joe Mazzari. He toured the world with uh, Johnny Thunders of the New York Dolls. Yes. If you, if you want stories, <laughs> you talk to Joe. Um, and then Dixie Deadwood toured with. Uh, um, Leo Bud Welch, elderly, elderly black gentleman out of the deep south. She's a petite white lady, red hair, toured the world with him. Um, and they are 61 Ghost. And then we put out, uh, you know what, a lot of you might want to check that one out. A little bit of influence by Van the Man on that one because of the saxophones. Right, so Van, yeah, yeah, Van Morrison. Ah, yeah, sure. Look, Van, Van had had some incredible stuff. There's no question about that. So, so then uh, in latter years, then you're working as a solo artist. Well, yeah. What happened, Jerry? Is I went down there, as I said, and we recorded at uh, Small Pond Studios. Jazz, uh, Jazz Abbott, the engineer there. Unbelievable. The man, the man can make me sound good. And then the other thing is, I, I stopped there. So what I did is, I got, I don't know if you've heard of a, a Spire, Spire recording studio. No. Jerry, please look into it or have all your fans do so if they want to do home recording. Truly unbelievable. Eight track, the size, of half the size of a dinner plate, maybe four inches across, four, four inches tall. A really cool machine. So I sit in my apartment, I do my vocals, and I've got a friend that plays, this is um, uh, Marcus Schaefer who plays guitar and keyboards for me. He comes over to my place, we record it in the four track, uh, the eight track, and then we send it to uh, Jazz to do in, to mix it down in the States. And then recently I just gone into the studio here to do my two last songs at, um, it's uh, Kensington, Kensington Sound here in Kensington Market, Toronto. Uh, Will Scholar is the engineer there. He's a really great guy. He's out of uh, Manchester originally. Okay, okay. So, lyrics and stuff like that I mean thank you I mean it's it's certainly 
and I don't want to dig into the details, but it, it sounds like something maybe that was, it, maybe maybe not now, and I, you don't have to answer this, but something that was deeply personal because the lyrics were very powerful and very strong, or maybe it was a story you heard from somebody else and it just inspired you to write the lyrics. But either way, uh, they're very powerful lyrics, and I would say a lot of people out there uh, you know, resonate with them because it's um, everybody has their ups and downs, and 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 yeah. unfortunately, not all good days. Some days not so good. But I suppose the main thing is to be around and survive, and and just keep moving on. Yeah, well, I think the key to the thank you song, Jerry, is that um, you know the kicker at the end, if we can call it the kicker, is that uh, you do. I, I, I don't want to give anything away, as you don't, Jerry, but. Um, yeah, it is kind of a rather, let's say, harsh, shall we say. Um, but at one point, the kicker is that you're thanking the person for being able to write this music, for giving you all the shit that they put you through. Well, you see, a lot of listen, a lot of a lot of artists that that are really good songwriters. Um, what they're really good at doing is ob- observation of life situations and it could be something they've seen or it could be one of their own situation or it could be something they read or whatever but I remember Willie Nelson saying in an interview that in the early days when he wasn't recognisable he would go into a restaurant or a bar and he just listened to the people talking and listened to what they were talking about and he constantly make notes on a piece of paper then of ideas for a song. But he said, generally, and then he said, ah, as he become well known and famous, then that that didn't work anymore because he he couldn't walk in anywhere and he wasn't recognised. But 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 a lot of a lot of songwriters, and I know a number of really good songwriters, and uh, they they pick up stuff from conversations, from a headline in a newspaper, from a life situation. From ever it's it's because I think that's the success of it that you know if you've related something that a lot of other people may have not gone through exactly the same but perhaps a similar situation that resonates with them uh, and I, I you're very good at doing that. Well, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. It's funny comment on, on the thank you. I had the lyrics written, but I I didn't have any idea for the, the song itself, and I was sitting at my local uh, around the corner. And somebody went by on a skateboard, and they were hitting the cracks on the sidewalk, and the skateboard went, dun, 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 dun. Yes. And that's thank you right there. Basically, the baseline of the full line of thank you. I just like, well, that was just handed down to me from somewhere, because I was thinking about the song, and then, dun, dun. You know, that's how the song goes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. I, I mean, it's like, I remember watching the Queen movie, you know, there recently, and the, it shows the piece, the guy playing Brian May, where he said, you know, uh, we want to have a, you know... Audience participation. Yeah, audience participation, and, you know, how they designed the, the rhythm and right. stuff. And, and that's how ideas evolve. They evolve out of nothing. And the thing that I always, you know, amaze about, you know, when a song is written, you know, before it's written, it didn't exist. Now it's written, it's recorded, and forevermore it's there. It it has a, it's like a sentient being. It has a life. It's born. It's created. And some of the well-known songs would be played, 
decades, maybe centuries later, they'll still be played. Even though once upon a time they didn't exist, somebody had to write the lyrics, somebody had to write the music. And it's a really very precious gift. And it's something that really I believe for people have... Because when you write a song, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but every time you do it, there's a part of yourself goes into that. There's, there's a part of you that's in every single song you've ever wrote because you'll probably even remember the circumstances when you wrote and what you were doing. So it's a, Jerry, it's a part so of right. time. Huh? You're so right. You are so right, my friend. And I got to tell you, it's a large part. It's a large part that goes into it. I, I'm not just, I, I hope I'm not just speaking for myself, but other songwriters also. It's a large, you put a lot into it. You do, and, and I, I know that simply because I've talked to so many people and you listen to what, what they say. And I, I, I write the odd poem myself and I realise too that, you know, it's, it's a personal thing. And, and, and when, the in, when the sort of the, the flow comes, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but you, you, sometimes if you really get the right vibe, you could write something in a few minutes and then you might only get maybe a verse or two. I have to leave it for maybe a week or two and then go back at it again. But it's no two are the same. Sometimes you could write a complete thing in a few minutes and other times you might get a verse, maybe scrap it and go back to the starting. It's just, you'd read the verse and you'd say, nah, that doesn't really sound right. And maybe delete the whole thing and start, maybe keep one line, maybe keep one line and you go. You are so correct. I've got one song I've been working on, I'm guessing you made it's four or five years now. And i got another one that I'm hoping you'll play. And this one, actually, you mentioned um, Queen. I've always been fascinated by Bohemian Rhapsody because there's so much going on in a certain period of time. So I gave myself a challenge, Jerry. I was going to do the Ralph version of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Good man. Put, put as much as I can into, but I gave myself a two-minute limit. Okay. And I got a lot of stuff going on, and it's so funny. Um, this, one's, this one's a different one. I'll, I'll, you'll play it later if I give it all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, sometimes uh, it often happens where you get a particular tune in your head and for no apparent reason, it stays in your head all day. It's just something that comes in. You don't know where it comes from. It could be a well-known song. It yeah. could be something you don't know where the hell it's came from. But Up here, we, we call them earwigs. Yeah. That's what, that's what they're called. Like, you can't get it out of your head. Sometimes there's some that are just locked in there for days. Or if you're trying to write one, the only way you can get it out of your head is to complete it
like me Trying to make you tame Yeah, you say you don't want me Getting really wild And you say you don't want me Acting like a child You tell me you don't want me To do the things I do I promise you I'd stop them If only you would too Preaching water You're preaching water, yeah You're preaching water But drinking wine Tell me something, Ralph. Right, we're going to obviously we're we're going to be playing some tracks on the show. So thank you, really. I, I, we kind of said off air. We'll probably include that, uh, and also explain. Normally we do four songs, but Ralph explained to me he has a couple of songs. For one, it's just about ninety minutes long, and another one's only about two and a half minutes. So we're kind of going to play those together so it will be five folks but at the end of the day we're flexible here we're not nothing's rigid nothing's written in stone and these guys i work for here on radio home of rock they're they're so cool they let me do what i want so there isn't a problem with that so this week you're getting a bonus track post you're going to get five instead of four so thank you thank you thank you if you'll pardon the pun uh, so 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 <laughs> Yeah. No, no problem. Well, that sounds good to me. So, uh, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, off air, you can text me the song titles, and we'll include them. But I really, I'm looking forward to hearing them. I, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me here. Sorry, that folks, I had a bit of a delay here. I had to change things around. This man is so accommodating and so kind. I delayed his interview by a couple of hours, but not a problem as far as Ralph's concerned. And I want to thank you for that because I know time is precious for everybody. So thanks for being so understanding, brother. Oh. You, are, you are helping us out 
Listen, as long as I have breath in me, it's what I intend to do. And all I hope and pray is that as the years progress, I'll find ways to maybe even make things even better. But we take it one step at a time, one day at a time. We're all on a mission here. and We're, we're all a family. We're all, you're a part of this family too. I'm a part of yours. We're in this together. And music is such a powerful thing to lift people's spirits, to put a smile on their face, to get them out to dance, to enjoy life. And we never needed it more. So we have to find ways and means of getting the music out to the people as much as we possibly can. This is just one way, but I won't stand still. I'll try to find other ways as time progresses, but that's for another day. Ralph, listen, thank you so much for taking time to speak with us here on the Torn Up interview. It's so appreciated. Jerry, I thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it greatly, my friend. Well, on to the next time, brother. Ah, you're so kind. You're so again. Thanks for the kind words. You take care, my brother. All right. Well, this little bar I know of used to stumble away from here. There's this little bar that I know of now holding my heart quite dear. This little bar I know of. Yeah, you can get anything you want This little bar I know of Sometimes you can even get it on a front I can tell you anything that you may want to know From the slope of the pool table to your ball will go I can tell you which way it is a can No one cares which one you use As long as you wash your hands My home away from home, I guess that I can go Some place that I can get anything I want you to know Call it home That's where I hang my hat That's where I put up my feet That's where I bring my bill That's where I get myself something to eat I know every song on that jukebox A1 through Z26 the one thing they all have in common is Wicked Guitar Licks oh. I'll tell you that bartender's name She pours me my next shot of Jack I'll teach you every person in the room And I'll meet you in the back My home away from home now my bill, before I go to escape reality, before I go escape my fear, one band on the eight ball, that's 50 bucks you owe me. <laughs>